Welcome to the Systems and Workflow Magic Podcast, where I help entrepreneurs go from scattered to streamlined in their creative businesses. I'm your host, Dolly DeLong, a wife, a mom, and a photographer turned systems educator. Join me every week as we have conversations centered around creating tactical workflows and automations in your business. Now, let's make some strategic workflow magic. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of the Systems and Workflow Magic podcast. I am your systems-loving BFF, Dolly DeLong, and this week, in honor of spring being around the corner, I decided to invite one of my good friends in the creative industry, the queen of many sessions herself, Rebecca Rice, on the show to talk about the systems she's had to put into place for her own business in order to have and experience an excellent season of minis. So before she introduces herself, I wanted to do a little introduction about her. Uh, Rebecca, as mentioned, is the queen of mini sessions, and she has built out a team across the U.S. from locations such as Nashville, Texas, Richmond, just to name a few. And her minis alone help her generate over six figures her year. So I knew she had to come on as the expert because I've had, I know I have so many photographers and creative business owners who also are photographers who listen in to this podcast. And since it's officially 2023, I want you to start thinking through and mapping out your own minis for 2023 because Yes, it might be spring and you might be planning to do a fall mini session, but it's always good to start mapping out and strategizing your plans right now early on. So before we chat systems and strategy, Rebecca, why not introduce yourself and tell the audience again who you are, who you serve and all just like all the cool things about you. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on here. I'm so excited. Of course, mini sessions is my favorite topic of all time. So for those that are not familiar with me, I'm Rebecca Rice. I am uh, located in Nashville, Tennessee, just like Dolly. Yay! We're like local friends here, which is great. Um, She's actually my first friend here in Nashville. We moved here. Fun fact. Um, So my family and I, um, my husband and I have been married for about seven years. We have two amazing kids and and we moved here about two years ago from the Dallas area. So we like had to pick up everything we had, left our family, and came to Nashville. And it has been just a wonderful season for us. And we've loved every second of it. So I am a family photographer. And I teach family photographers how to grow their businesses. So I have lots of fun. I could literally talk about all things business, family photography, mini sessions all day. I won't bore you with all the things, but I hope to be able to kind of shed some light on prepping and gearing up for spring minis season because it's here, guys. It may not feel like spring yet or whatever. I don't know where you're located. It kind of depends, but it's here. It's time to start thinking through your spring minis if you have not already. And so I'm just so excited to be able to jump in. And again, I want to thank you again for being here on the podcast. Um, I know, Rebecca, you are so busy. And I'm just so appreciative to have you as 
the guest expert today. So let's just get to the heart of this episode and let's chat about your system for mini sessions because I know you have a very unique session that has been so successful for you. It works for you. And I'm hoping that this strategy can help other family photographers and other photographers in general. Again, like I, this, I know this is the third time I've mentioned this, but seriously, you are the queen of minis. And let's say the queen of minis was meeting with a new photographer who is new to minis. So let's say you're sitting down with somebody right now. Where would you begin in telling them where to start to create a system for themselves, for their businesses, specifically centered around the topic of minis? Like, how would you advise them? And where where would you begin? Yeah, great question. So I feel like the very first thing when it comes to mini sessions is selecting your date and your time block and making sure that your minis are structured correctly because we could get into systems and workflows and all the things, but if your minis are not structured correctly, you're going to have problems <laughs> with profitability down the road. And so I always suggest opening one date at a time. You can like pencil in other dates for minis, but don't open them up until you've fully booked or almost fully booked one date and then have time slots within that date. And so that looks like maybe you're shooting two to three hours, 10 or 15 minute minis back to back. If you feel like you need a little bit of space, go ahead and put in a little buffer. I, you know, encourage you get to the place where you don't need the buffer. That way you can, you know, fit more minis in that time. But that's the key here with mini sessions is they're not to be like one-off sessions that you just book anytime. People can't just select any day to be a mini session day. These are, you know, minis are on a date that you, the photographer, chooses at a location that you, the photographer, chooses. And in the time slot that you, the photographer, chooses. So the person, their only choice here is which time slot they want. So once you have that piece set, then like I mentioned, you want to advertise one date at a time. And the reason is to you know really control supply and demand. If you open up, let's say you're planning on doing three dates of minis. If you open up all three dates, you have a ton of options for people to choose from. Um, and there's a lot of potential, especially if you've never done minis before, for there to be holes in your schedule. And I'd hate for you to book two minis on one day, five minis on another, and three on the last one. What if we could book all of those minis on one single date? And then once that date is full, then you can open up your second date. And people always ask, well, like, what if you're missing out on clients because they're not available that one date? Well, odds are they'll ask you if you have another date. <laughs> if you're busy, then you know if if you advertise your date and they say, hey, do you have any other dates available? Then sure, you can let them know the other ones you have penciled in. But publicly, you want to only focus on one date at a time. So when it comes to the actual process and workflow of booking these mini sessions, this is where I feel like that system and workflow magic really um, comes into play is the booking process because this is where we can get so fun with our automations and our workflows and you know all the nerdy things. And if you don't know me that well, I am like a, a workflow and system nerd. Like yes. I, I, I love this stuff and it like my brain goes there so quickly and so easily. And so this is something that I really enjoy. And because of that, I've tried out a lot of different systems when it comes to mini sessions. Um, you know, I've done the scheduler, I've done the automations, I've done all these things. And 
Um, when it came down to it, I am always optimizing to see, okay, what works the best for my business? What works the best for me and my schedule and things like that? And so the kind of workflow I'd like to walk you guys through is what I have found over lots of trial and error <laughs> to be um, the thing that works best for me. And so before I like go into all that, I just wanted to preface like if you hear what I say and you're like, Rebecca, that would never work for me. <laughs> like, first of all, like maybe give it a try just, <laughs> just to see. But then if it truly like you have a system that works better, go with whatever system works the best for you. I think that that's a key when it comes to setting up systems in your business is is you can't just copy and paste from somebody else. You're going to have to tweak. You're going to have to like dive in to see um, you know, what works the best for you. And so I will share with you my whole system. And if you would like to copy and paste it, absolutely go for it. I have so many students that do that and, and it works very well for them. But I just wanted to give you that like little permission slip that if you're like, mm, I don't really like that piece don't do it. <laughs> Take what works and then run with what doesn't. I hope I'm like saying things, Dolly, that are like, okay, that, that you agree with I here. completely agree. I was actually going to say like, I'm glad that you inserted that caveat of like, Hey, like take what you like and you, you don't have to run with everything I'm saying because I also have like a system through a scheduler that I use that I help with my Dubsado clients and one of my clients actually was like, I don't really like this. I'm going to tweak this to fit my my lifestyle, my schedule. And she did it and it works and she compromised. So you guys, there's no such thing as just like one roadmap. You just like, I have to figure out what works for you and your business. So I'm glad that you brought that up. Yay. Okay, good. Yeah. So getting into the actual like nitty gritty here, this is where it gets fun. Yeah. So for me, when I am going to book my minis, I actually moved away from using a scheduler. I used one for years through HoneyBook. And then when I switched over to Dubsado years ago and used their scheduler with their automations and triggers and all the things. Um, but the reason that I moved away from using a scheduler, there's, there's really, it's kind of twofold. The first main reason is that I don't like to show all of my available spots. For me, I like to control supply and demand. And um, when I have a conversation with somebody, I give them three time slot options in our conversation. So a lot of our bookings happen in, in like Facebook Messenger or email. So either from my VIP email list, from all, us sending out email blasts, or from Facebook Messenger, whether it's they found me in a Facebook group or we're running Facebook ads. We run a lot of Facebook ads um, and they are Messenger ads with the purpose of having conversations. Um, we found that that just converts really, really well, better than sending somebody to a scheduler ever did. And one of the biggest kind of hangups that students have with using schedulers is they're frustrated because there's not really a way to follow up with leads. When somebody clicks over to your scheduler and then for whatever reason doesn't fill it, finish filling it out or whatever, they get distracted. I know I'm a busy mom. And so schedulers are really hard for me because I, you know, I click into it. And then all of a sudden, my three-year-old is running around naked and I have to go like <laughs> grab him and tame him. And it's like, all of a sudden I don't book and I lose the link or whatever. And just life happens. And so that's one reason I don't like schedulers is you can't there's no follow-up. Whereas in something like Messenger, if you're running like Facebook ads or from Facebook groups or something, when you start a conversation or they start the conversation through an ad, a Messenger ad, you then are able to follow up with every single lead. 
anybody that has expressed interest that just like if they were to click over to a scheduler, for me, they're asking about time slots. I'm now able to follow up. And there's so many bookings that happen in follow-ups that it's amazing. I used to not follow up or I'd like do it once. We follow up three times now with every single lead. And you'd be amazed how many people on the third follow-up end up booking. And so anyway, so so that kind of, that was like a bonus one. I I was like, not even going to mention that one, but it's true is follow-up makes a big difference, but I don't like showing all of my available spots. So when I'm having the conversation in messenger or an email, I give people three time slot choices. The reason is, you know, I do 10 minute minis. A lot of my students do 15 minute minis and with that time slot, there's not a whole lot of variation in times. And so it's not going to be like if you don't tell them that you've got your 5 p.m. open, you just say 4.30, 5.15, 5.45. What if 5 p.m. is open? It's not going to make that big of a difference. Odds are they can make one of the other time slots work because they're so close. They're close enough <laughs> that it's not going to hinder them from booking. So what I do is by only giving three choices, I am one, controlling supply and demand, but also I am limiting the number of decisions that have to be made that they're not looking at 15 open time slots or 12 or whatever. That can be overwhelming and that can be paralyzing to people. So instead, they have three choices. Then the question becomes, which of these three would you like to book? Not here's 15 choices for you to pick from. And then they're like, oh my gosh, which one's the best? What about lighting? And it's just, it's paralyzing. The other reason that I don't like to use a scheduler that I'd rather have the conversation with them is a lot of the times when I have a conversation and somebody, either the date doesn't work or what they were wanting for a mini session really isn't a mini session. I'm able to book something else from that lead. Whereas, so like, let's say there's somebody that comes and has twin one-year-olds that they're wanting to do a quick cake smash as a mini session. Obviously, like anybody listening that's a family photographer, you know that first, there's no such thing as a quick cake smash. Two, if you have twin cake smashes, there's no way, zero possible way you can do that in 15 minutes for a mini session. So I would be able to educate the client and say, you know what? That's actually a full session would be a better fit for you. And guess what? They're like, you know what? You're so right. And we're able to book a full session from that lead. Had they gone to a scheduler, that conversation couldn't have happened. And they would either one, decide, oh, you know what? A mini is not going to work for me. Oh, well, and then leave and go find somebody else. Or they would you know, try to book the mini and then surprise you on the day of where all of a sudden they've got twin smash cakes and you've got to fit them in because they already booked. You weren't able to have the conversation. So that's the reason. That's like my main reason I don't like schedulers. Does it cause a little bit of extra work for you? Sure. But I'm going to explain to you after that point, my mini sessions process is about 90% automated, except for this one little piece. And to me, that one piece was worth it because of the number of leads I was losing and the numbers of bookings I was losing by automating that one piece. So I'm a fan of automation, but this one piece, I was like, you know what? Let's not and see what happens. Hey, photographers, this one is for you. So if you're having trouble establishing what the heck a workflow is, what the heck an SOP is, and you're just wanting to build traction toward learning how to apply it to your photography business, listen up. I have a free checklist complete with video tutorials, even a master Trello template for you to use 
on five popular SOPs for photographers who want to learn how to incorporate SOPs and workflows in their business. I am pulling back the curtain on how to get started with SOPs for your business so that you feel more confident and have more clarity for your business. If you are interested in snagging this free checklist, this free video training, then head on over to the show notes or go to dollydelongphotography.com forward slash five dash SOPs dash four dash photographers. That's dollydelongphotography.com forward slash five SOPs for photographers. And again, the link will be in the show notes and you can access this free resource today. I hope that you continue to find the clarity and magic in workflows for your small business. I'll talk to you later. Okay, so I know that you manage a team of different photographers for the the photography side of your business. So how how do you guys communicate these three time slots at a time? Because what if somebody inquires for, let's say, Dallas, and then at the same time, somebody's inquiring for, I don't know, I just, I just, I'm like asking this out loud. I'm like, wait, wait a minute. Like maybe it could, I don't know. But just, just is what I'm saying making sense? Basically, let me repeat your question back yeah. to you so I yeah. understand it. Are you asking if somebody reaches out and wants Dallas minis and then a different person reaches out wanting minis in Richmond? Yes. Right? Okay. So in that case, that's fine. We have a like a we use Trello for this part. Um, and so I'll get to that part it's super explaining it in just a second. But basically we've got a Trello card that has the time slots for each set of mini sessions. And so you know, when we're somebody asks about Dallas minis on this date, we just pull up that Trello card for that date and we can see all of the time slots. And so we can give them our three slots and move from there. If the person from Richmond, um, you know, on this location at this date, we just pull up that Trello card and we can see all of the time slots for that specific one. Gotcha. And I'm guessing like if they decide over the phone, okay, yeah, I want September 16th at 4 p.m., for example, then you just mark that off and the whole team knows. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Exactly. All right. So then the next piece from there, once they choose their time slot, the only information that I get from them is the time slot that they want and their email. Okay. And so it makes it a very easy conversation of, I give them the tr- the three choices. I say, let me know which spot you want and also your email. And I will send over a contract and invoice to get it you know, booked. So they tell me, I would like 4 p.m. on this date. Here's my email. And I say, great. So from there, we have a Dubsado form. We have one Dubsado form for all of our minis, okay. one form. So in this one form, we put in all the client information. So we put you know, their name, their email, the date, the time slot, everything that they need for their mini. And the trigger for us is the location. Um, the this location. This sounds beautiful. Yes. I love it. I'm going to convert you, Dolly. <laughs> the, <laughs> yes, the location is our workflow trigger because we have final info emails that go out that are specific to our location. Gotcha. And so I that's not something that I can have like autofill or autopopulate. So on our form, we have all the information. And then the one thing that triggers is, you know, that this is for 
Adriatica in McKinney. That's in the Dallas area. And so we select that and we've got a workflow. All of our workflows are exactly the same. The only difference is that final info email where it talks about the location specific details, like where to park and stuff like that, how to get there. Yes. You guys, like, are you listening to this? Like, I love that Rebecca, that you use one form because like when I go in the back end of, I'm sure it's like this for other CRMs, but when I go in the back end of other photographers, Dubsados, there's like 20 different lead capture forms for specific things. And I, I think there has to be, there has to be a more streamlined way of doing this. And like, this is incredible. I love it. Yes. Yeah. So, and the beautiful thing is everything that we put in the form auto populates into our contract, into our invoice, everything is done. So from the time, and we fill out the form, not the client. So the client gives us the information. We fill it out. It takes us two seconds um, because we're not going to be distracted. We're trying to get things off of our client's plates. We, I I want to take them out of the equation that they're not waiting for a contract and invoice because they haven't hit submit on their form. So we fill out the form. And as soon as we hit submit, that's the last thing we have to do for the entire session. It auto-populates everything that needs to go into the contract, into the invoice. That's using the custom map fields in Dubsado. We have our you know, client experience guide goes out. Our questionnaire goes out. Our final info email goes out. Every little piece in our client experience that happens, happens automated. And you know, leading up to our session, we don't have to do a single thing. So that's like where the magic really happens is as soon as we hit submit, our clients are fully taken care of and we do not have to touch it. And we've crafted our emails to answer any potential question that clients may have before they ever ask it. So we're not stuck in the back and forth with tons of clients because we shoot high volume mini sessions, especially in my associate team. I've got 18 associate photographers across six-ish states. We may have our cities. Rebecca Rice Empire, you guys. Yeah, (laughs) we may have more than that. I don't know. I've got a person that runs that side of things, but um, we've got 18 photographers and that's a high volume of mini sessions. They shoot hundreds, literally hundreds of minis every season. Um, And that would be a ton of back and forth in the inbox if we did not answer all the questions before they are asked. So we have crafted things so that it is so specific and we know the common questions. So we get them answered before they ever have to ask it so that all they have to do is show up to the mini session and they are ready and they feel prepared and ready to go. I love it. Can I ask a question that just came in my head? Yes. Okay. So when you say you fill out that lead for them to like, you do it manually to trigger off their workflow. Now, is this a proposal you're filling out for them or is it a lead capture form? It's a lead capture. So we do not fill out the proposal. Um, That's just extra steps that the client would have to do. And so we keep it all in one in the lead capture and the trigger is the location. We've got a million different workflows for every single location that we can, that we shoot at, but we just duplicate each one and swap out the final info email. So it's not like a ton of work to set that piece of it up. So once the Dubsado part is done, this is where Trello gets integrated. And Dolly, I know you're a fan of Trello. So (laughs) yes, I always why people hate on it so much. But I'm like, I love Trello. It's no, like- I think it's the best. Yeah. <laughs> and so from there, we use Trello to track the booking process and the post-processing of everything. Okay. Does Dubsado have like checklists? 
Yes, but it's very difficult, especially when you're doing high volume, to keep track of what project it's for and all the things. It just gets very muddy. So we implemented Trello. Um, so once like we fill out the form, we don't touch Dubsado. It just runs. It's for the client's side of things. It's not really for our internal purposes. Internally, we have a Trello board that we call our Photography Client Workflow Board. So in this board, basically it has cards that it's a massive checklist of every single part of our process from booking to sending that lead capture to post-processing, collecting images, getting them sent to our editor, exporting, backing up files, all the things, and delivering the gallery. Basically, Trello picks up where Dubsado leaves off. And we have it set up so that we can visually see who, first of all, what month everybody is booked in. So whenever, once they've booked, we have them in, you know, like a column for April, May, June, each one has their own list so that we can see what sessions we have coming up. But then once the session is shot, they move down a visual like pipeline, if you will, um, kind of like Dubsado has the pipeline, but I like this one better <laughs> that we have lists of like, okay, this session has been shot. They, that's a list. We have a list for um, once it's been shot, the images have been sent to our editor, right? And so they'll move to that list. Um, the images have been received from our editor. The images have been sent to our client, you know, all of the pieces. So we just move them down this visual pipeline as we're checking things off on the list so that we can see very clearly where they are in the process. And I think it's helpful if you're an, a solopreneur, but I think it's mo- it's vital if you have a team. Yes. yes. Because I have employees that work for me and we have a lot of hands in the pot. And so at one point, at one time, we could have I don't know, three different people touch one Trello card and have like pieces of the checklist. And so we have to make sure everybody's checking their stuff off and everybody's moving the card where it needs to go in the event that let's say one of my team members, the girl that handles all our bookings, what if she gets sick and she's out for two weeks? I have to be able to jump in where I am not involved in my associate like process at all. I don't do the booking process. I don't do the back end, but I should be able to jump into the Trello board and see exactly where every single one of our clients are in the process. I can look at the checklist and see what has been taken care of and what needs to happen. You know, my integrator cat can jump in and she, who is not a photographer, she can take a look at our card and see where it is in the process and what needs to be done and jump in and help. And so I think it's something you should set up as a solopreneur so that when you get to the point that you're adding team members, that the process, and I know Dolly preaches this all the time, have your SOPs, have your SOPs, because then the process is done and it's created and it's really easy to pass off to somebody else. And then you're not like freaking out trying to figure out what's in your brain, what's on paper, what does somebody else need to know that it's all in one place. So that's what Trello acts for us is like getting things out of our brains and into a place where everybody can see it. Everybody knows what's going on. Um, And we don't have anything on like random sticky notes on our desk or like, you know, like I I think back to when it was just me and I had stuff everywhere. Like I, there was no good way for me to keep track of everything like that. I had a CRM, but it has its limitations. And so, um, you know, I would literally write on a sticky note what sessions I was editing right now so that I wouldn't forget who I was working on. And so Trello has like eliminated the need for that. And it's gotten things out of my brain. For those of you who are listening, who might be either brand new to systems and workflow or 
brand new to the podcast in general. So when Rebecca and I are talking about Trello, it is a project management tool like ClickUp or Asana or Monday. And Dubsado is a CRM tool, like a customer relationship management tool like HoneyBook is or 17 Hats. That's all I can think of. I'm sure there are thousands of other (laughs) CRM tools, but those are the top three I can think of off the top of my head. So I just wanted to differentiate between the two. If you're wondering, okay, what is a CRM? What is a project management tool? This is what Rebecca is referring to. Yes. And it's important to know also that our clients, they see only their one Dubsado project. Like they're getting emails from Dubsado and that's it. Trello is fully internal. Our clients never see it. It's never like out there. It's literally just for us to keep track of everything. Um, So that's a good way to like kind of differentiate it too. And all like communication with the client happens through Dubsado, not through Trello. Trello is for internal for my team to be able to talk to each other and for us to know where things are in the process. I do want to say one thing, not to, obviously you don't, you know this already, Rebecca, but for a listener who is also brand new to all these new project management systems and tools and CRMs, another reminder is that a CRM is not equal to an email service provider. Yes. I don't want you to walk away from this conversation thinking, oh, I can do this within my email service provider. Like that is completely separate from Dubsado or HoneyBook. I just want to make that clear to everyone who's listening. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So I know like I've thrown a lot at everybody today, but that's like our overall process. And it has taken us years to refine that. Um, And so if you're listening and it's like super overwhelming to you, don't feel like you have to implement all of that right up front. Maybe just pick one piece and say, okay, you know, the way that I'm doing stuff in Debs Auto works right now, but maybe I can add in a little bit in Trello. Or maybe you're like, you know what? schedulers just are not really working for me. Maybe I can try Rebecca's thing of of creating a lead capture form instead. But start small and then build off from there. Don't feel like you have to overhaul the entire thing before. Like, don't let that be the reason that you don't book spring minis. Like, um, I don't want you to get paralyzed in all the things that you feel like you have to do that all of a sudden now it's spring minis time and you're not booking. So maybe pick like one or two pieces and implement and then add to it as you go. And then eventually you'll have maybe by the fall, you'll have the full system built out because that's what I hate to see is people like feel like they have so many things that they have to do, then they don't book. And it's like at the end of the day, booking is revenue. You're workflow, although it makes it easier for you and you can do things faster and more efficiently, it's not a direct like revenue source. And so you have to get the revenue coming in to be able to book more. So I am just so thankful and grateful for your time again, Rebecca, and you've shared so much wisdom with us. And I will be linking a lot of your resources and products even in the show notes because Rebecca, again, um, she teaches other family photographers how to run their family photography business. So I know she has a wealth of resources in her shop and that can help you out with these things specifically. And speaking of resources, Rebecca, you have something for my audience and it's about a class. Do you mind sharing about that? Yes, I do. So if you are hungry to learn more about mini sessions, specifically like marketing mini sessions better, how to get in front of more people and increase the the revenue that comes from your mini sessions, um, this class, I would love to invite you to it. It's all about marketing and we go over so much. The stuff we covered today is like scraping the, the tip of the iceberg of 
all things mini sessions. And so you can check that out. Um, I'm sure Dolly will link it for you. But if you want to type it in, RebeccaRicePhoto.com slash minis dash class. Um, it's totally free. No strings attached. Um, students leave with like pages and pages of notes. I'm a very no fluff teacher if you haven't gathered that so far from this podcast. But I would love to invite you to join us in that class. And I know that it'll be helpful for you as you get jumping into spring minis. Awesome. Thank you so much, Rebecca. And again, I will link everything in the show notes so that you can connect with Rebecca. And Rebecca, do you mind sharing your Instagram handle with everyone? Yes. Um, I do have a team and people are always like, is that really you on Instagram? If you're in my DMs, it's me and my DMs. So at Rebecca Rice Photography, you can find me there. Um, I love chatting with people in my DMs and answering questions and encouraging you or whatever. Um, So please feel free to find me there. Give me a follow and, you know, we can chat or you can just kind of follow along. I post helpful resources all the time for free. So um, you can find a ton of stuff there. Oh, and then I'm putting you on the spot even more, Rebecca. Uh, (laughs) Can you share about your podcast and YouTube channel? Sure. Yeah, I've got a podcast. It's called the Business Journey Podcast. So you can find me just like search Rebecca Rice or or a business journey podcast and you'll find it. Um, and we do like short bite-sized episodes. So usually like 15 minutes long. And a lot of my students love that because they're like super busy moms and don't have time for a long podcast, which um, if that's you, you're going to love it. I have had some people that are like, please do longer episodes. I'm like, listen, I hear you, but also no. <laughs> so, but you can find, we talk all about business and marketing and all kinds of stuff for family and portrait photographers. Um, and I do have a YouTube YouTube channel. If you just search Rebecca Rice, you'll probably find it. And on there, I have a new video go live every week where I'm sharing all kinds of stuff, walking through, you know, business and tech things. I just did a whole series. You know, I've done stuff on Flowdesk. I've done stuff on Desato, all kinds of stuff. So, um, and then of course, you know, marketing and mini sessions and posing and all that kind of stuff. So you can find me there too. You guys, Rebecca is the real deal. So go follow her and get to know her. And she's wonderful. You'll fall in love with her. So Rebecca is so good having you on the podcast. Thank you so much again. And I hope that your spring minis go well this year. Thank you. you. And in closing, what is something you're looking forward to in 2023? Ooh, okay. I'm looking forward to just meeting so many more of you. I feel like this year, um, or I guess last year, I'm already like getting my years mixed up. (laughs) Last year, I got to meet so many of just my students and people in this photography community. And that's just even growing in this year. So I'm speaking at a couple conferences this year and I get to photograph students all over the nation. And so I think that's what I'm most looking forward to is just connecting in person with even more listeners and students and um, just putting like faces to names. I think that's so beautiful that we could get so lost in the world of social media of like number of followers and things like that. It's like, no, those are real people. And so if I ever see you around, like, please come say hi. I would love to like put a, a name and a face to a number and just get to know you. So she's being truthful, y'all. She's genuine. So awesome. Well, Rebecca, you have a wonderful week. And everyone else, I hope you have a wonderful, streamlined, and magical week. And I will chat with you next week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Systems and Workflow Magic Podcast. You can find full show notes 
from today's episode at dollydelongphotography.com forward slash podcast. If you're loving the podcast, I'd be so honored if you'd subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast player. Be sure to screenshot this episode, share it to your stories, and tag me at Dolly DeLong Education over on Instagram. Until next time, go make some strategic workflow magic.